Hey everyone, this is Isaac Maddox, and I'm the pastor of Activate Church, and this is our podcast. Remember, you can subscribe to our podcast and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. I hope this message blesses you, encourages you, builds your faith, and I hope you enjoy the message. Go. Thank you, TJ. Come on. Let's give Jesus one more, one more clap. Come on. Just thank him. Just say, thank you, Jesus. We go to the gates with thanksgiving. In his course with praise, amen. So good to have you here. Welcome to church. Get your Bibles out. Let's get right into it. I've got a whole lot of word to get to, amen. And uh, God's moving in this church, amen. We're making disciples. We're building the kingdom. We're evangelizing. We're loving on people. I would highly recommend you just jump in. Jump in. If you stick around too long, then you'll just get really critical. It's just what happens. It's what happens in my marriage. It's what happens in anywhere I go. I just start getting critical. And so Jesus just says, just jump back in and, and, and put the food critic card down. Jump into the kitchen and help us make some food. Amen? Help us make some food. Help beautify this place. This is a family. This is a place. I think this is a great church. I think this is a great church. I think this is a great church. This is a good place. Good, good worship. Good people. You're probably sitting next to just someone incredible. And, uh, and uh, so thank you for coming. Get your Bibles out. God is moving in this place. We're on a series about the Holy Spirit. And uh, oftentimes the Holy Spirit is a, is a, is a divisive or it, 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 he, gets a, he gets a real bad rap. I feel bad for the Holy Spirit. Um, throughout history, it's probably the most divisive uh, doctrine. And uh, because, because people, people do things when the Holy Spirit comes on them. And uh, sometimes we, we dance and we clap and sometimes you fall over or things happen. But throughout any dispensation, people get weird, okay? It's not like the, the people that were in the Old Testament didn't get weird. Uh, they were really weird. And, and they added to the law. Have you ever read Leviticus? There's a, enough law for anybody to handle. And yet they, they thought, the, 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 the leaders thought, we need to add 800 extra laws and rules to this thing. I, that's pretty weird. Uh, Jesus people can be weird. We can preach weird sermons. We can, we can send m- weird messages and preach weird things. We can manipulate people. We can control people. And uh, Holy Spirit can, people can be weird. And, uh, but yet it's the Holy Spirit people for the last 2,000 years that get a lot of blame for the weirdness. And yet Jesus, before he left, we are talking about the last conversations between, between the, the Last Supper and the garden, Jesus is having these conversations, and he's getting us ready for the Holy Spirit. Amen? We live in the, in the, in the time period since Christ of the Holy Spirit. Amen? I got Pastor Jude's voice still in my head right now. I feel like Pastor Jude, even though I, I know I don't look like him. Um, sign up, man. Get to men's conference. Amen? Anybody coming? Anybody coming? Please. Please, we put this together. All right, few of us. My gosh, let's stop and pray, Lord. We ask you to move on the men's hearts. Come on out. Don't miss this. And uh, I just encourage you to jump in. This is not just an organization. Amen. Uh, I'm thankful for this church. I feel in many ways this thing is six years old because of COVID. It, uh, it just was a, it was a big transition uh, for, for churches around the world. And in many ways, we're recovering from it. You might not even know it, but there's some residue from what took place. And, uh, but God's moving in our church. And in many ways, we're just getting started to see this city transformed. Amen. 
I want you to tune in this morning and just get into a posture of receiving. Has anyone ever said, that just, just receive? Just, just, and ever prayed for you and just said, just receive? Oftentimes it's like, just have faith. You're like, do I close my eyes and squint? Do I, how do I do this? How do I receive? I, I believe we are really entertained in this generation. Amen? It's real quiet in here. I really believe that we're busy. I believe we've got plans. I, I, have, I can't remember the last person I talked to. Hey, what are you doing tomorrow? Nothing. I don't really have. I don't, I don't know. Everyone's got a plan. We've got stuff to do. Um, um, I, I believe the Holy Spirit genuinely has led me to this series on himself. A little less, you know, he's a little. And, and, and to, to get us ready for revival because the birth of the church, the power of God moving, uh, Paul said, I don't just come to you in word. I come to you in a demonstration of the power. How many of you want to see a church moving in power? Amen. This isn't just a club of, hey, come if you want. This is a, this is a move of God. This is a move of God. This is a family. This is the body of Christ. And so the Holy Spirit is filling us. Why? Because there is no New Testament church without the Holy Spirit. Do, do you wonder what happened? I do. I, I wonder what happened. I, I wonder, how did we go from the book of Acts throughout history? I think church history is fascinating. What happened? What, what took place to take the power, to take the Holy Spirit out of the church? I want, I want to look at some, some of those things. It's a difficult, uh, uh, there's a lot of scripture we're going to get to. So, so, so buckle up, tune in, focus, get ready to receive. If you're ready, shout Amen. All right, here we go. John, let's, let's pick up where we left off. John chapter 14, John chapter 14, verse 27. And I'm just going to skip around. Is that cool? Okay, thank you. I'm just going to skip around. And uh, these are the conversations that Jesus is having with his disciples. He will teach you all things in verse 26. He will bring to your remembrance all things that I've said to you. Jesus is putting a lot of pressure on the Holy Spirit. I mean, it's like... There's a lot that he's saying the Holy Spirit is going to help you with, with all of these things. He's going to teach you. The Holy Spirit is your teacher. Are you ready for the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Are you ready? How many of you think you have been baptized in the Holy Spirit? Just half, maybe half, half. Did you know that there's a continual filling? So Peter received the baptism in Acts, and then a few chapters later, Peter's praying, and he gets filled again. What? Who does that? New Testament believers. Don't be drunk with wine, but be filled. Who would correlate drunkenness to the Holy Spirit? That should be taken out of the Bible. Because it represents the height of a wedding. It represents the height of pleasure. It represents the height of escape. It represents the height of a possible experience on planet earth. And so Paul is saying, don't be drunk with wine, but be filled continually with the Holy Spirit. Because walking in the power and relationship with the Holy Spirit is the best way to live. Amen. And so Jesus is talking about the Holy Spirit. Then he goes, peace I leave with you, and if you loved me, you would, re you would rejoice because I said I'm going to the Father. Chapter 15, I am the true vine. Because of time, I'm just going to skip through. As the Father, verse 9 of chapter 15, has loved me, I also love you. 
If you abide in me and you love me, I will love you and I will, you will abide. Abiding, 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 abiding. I'm just going to sum it up. Oh, lots of abiding. Abide, abide, keep, love, in, Father, Son, in, unity, agreement, one, if you know me, three and one, one, love, unity, abide, 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 abide. These things I command you in verse 17, that you love, someone say love, love, one another. This is my commandment. So Jesus is just going over and over about love, over and over about abiding and connecting, love, Love, love. Do you love Jesus? Do, do you love the Holy Spirit? Do you love your spouse? Do you love the, do you love, I mean, are you, are you in love? Do you, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is a baptism of fire consuming all things that are you and of this world, leaving the refined gold of the word of God, causing you to fall in love. The Bible uses the word lust as a fire. So some of you, you know what that's like? Okay, so, so the Bible is equating drunkenness and lust to different things that we understand in the flesh to say those are counterfeits, that there is a greater desire that you could burn with, whether you have to be in the presence of God. You are literally on fire. You are in love, and love drives you to keep the Word of God you kind of sort of have to because you are in love. That's what we're talking about. Jesus is teaching his disciples right before the garden, right before the cross on love. And then he gets to verse 26 and he says, but when the helper comes, okay, so now we're back on point, the Holy Spirit. But hold on, Jesus. I thought you said we already knew the Holy Spirit. We don't know you without the Holy Spirit. And Jesus is saying, yes, you know him. You are already in relationship with him. He has already been teaching you, and you don't even know it. If you know something in Jesus, it's because of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has revealed it to you in your spurt and your spirit. Amen? So when the helper comes, so Jesus is de clearly defining the difference between knowing the Holy Spirit, even having the Holy Spirit, and being baptized, baptized in the Holy Spirit. Why are you talking like that? I don't know. I'm, I'm just a little out of my mind. Pray for me. <laughs> so, so Jesus is clearly referring to something that hasn't happened yet. But when the helper comes, whom I shall send to you from the Father, the spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me. And you will also bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning. So us and the Holy Spirit are what? We are witnessing of Jesus. We are witnessing of Jesus. That, that's what we're supposed to do. That's why when we grieve the Holy Spirit, we're just speaking on our own, our own stuff, our own manipulation. Well, if you don't go to church, you're going to go to, you know, I don't know. Well, that's not gospel. And so you, we need to, the words of Jesus are the language of the Holy Spirit. It's called the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God. So more word. So Holy Spirit, people, ought to be the biggest Jesus freaks on the planet. We're just word people in power. Anybody can get crazy and call it the Holy Spirit. Anybody can move in the flesh and call it whatever they want. But Holy Spirit people are Jesus people. Holy Spirit people are word people. Amen? And so these things I've spoken to you that you should not be made to stumble. 
Chapter 16, verse 2. They will put you out of the synagogues. Yes, the time is coming that whoever kills you, whoo, they're going to kill us? Hold on. What I sign up for? This is supposed to be peace and love. Everybody loves you, Jesus. Everybody loves the food and the breads and the miracles. Why would they kill us? Well, they think that they offer God service. So you might have gone through some things that someone did to you, and they did it unto God. That's why it's really difficult. You're like, man, they, were, they really treated me wrong. Why were they so passionate about it? And they're a, they're a pastor. Well, they thought they were serving God and how they treated you. And these things they will do to you, this is a tough sermon, because they have not known the Father. That's, that is tough. But now he's getting back into relationship. He's getting back into, 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 into love. They didn't know. The, Depart from me, I never knew you. It's tough because you're like, Jesus, do I, do I know you? Do, do I love you? Holy Spirit, do I know you? And, 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 and Jesus is teaching this whole thing is based on love. I loved you, therefore love nailed me to the cross. I took your place. And now in order to receive that love, in order to, to love me back, you need to receive my love. How do you receive the love of Jesus? How do you receive the Holy Spirit? Well, the Holy Spirit convicts us of sin. The Holy Spirit cuts in your heart. There's something that takes place. The Holy Spirit has probably been speaking to you about things, and you might not know it. But if there's a bad taste in your mouth with that TV show that you used to watch, but now you're like, there's a habit in your life. There's a, there's a way of, of talking. There's a, there's, a, there's a pattern. And all of a sudden, there's something in you. There's, a, there's an agitation. There's a conviction of the Holy Spirit. That, that, that's why. Because he's trying to make you more like Jesus. And there's things I did in my life. Man, I thought I was so holy and so pure at 21. I thought, my goodness, I'm going to have dreams at night, and they're just, I'm just going to be conversing with angels and the Holy Spirit because I could see no sin in my life. I mean, it's amazing because I was obedient to what God was asking me. Little did I know that sin starts in the heart, and my heart is deceitfully wicked. My heart was deceiving me. You little bugger. And I was justifying myself. So then, then, then Jesus said, it's time for you to get married. There's time for a, a, a deeper death. But I was confused because I'm perfect. So I thought, well, there's something wrong with Carrie. So that I tried for five years to change her, you know. Then the Holy Spirit shows some things. And I did not see the depth of sin in my life. I did not see the depth of anger and 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 the insecurity and, and the blame and the evil. Praise the Lord. You came to church on a good Sunday. Trust me. And then, and then, and then you die. And then you come to a place of, I'm doing pretty good. Went to orphanages in Africa and been to 40 countries. And I, I, I'm pretty good. And then he gives you kids. Amen. <laughs> and then... The Holy Spirit said, I'll see how holy you are without sleep. <laughs> it's your turn. <laughs> so the Holy Spirit, but it's been good. I love it. <laughs> I, love, I love how the Holy Spirit 
He is, I guess, gentle. But man, he's relentless and consistent. The hound of heaven. He, he will not be mocked. And the word will not return void. So let's just quit trying to change God. And let's let him change us. <laughs> I, I, I've tried for too long my way. And he's like, hey, son, I gave you the good book. You all have the same book. So the Holy Spirit's going to connect you to this. And not your excuses, not how you feel. I need to get preaching, my goodness. Okay. Verse 5. But now, now I go away. More bad news. To him who sent me. And none of you ask me. Where are you going? I thought they did. But because I've said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. When the Holy Spirit is moving in this room, there might just be a little bit of sorrow. Get through it. You're just on a sugar high. It's okay. You don't want to let the, the Holy Spirit's taking that Twinkie away from me. Trust me. Trust me, the craving will go away real soon. And you'll look back and go, how did I ever eat that Twinkie? Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away, for I do not go away. If I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin. Whew. We've gone from he is your comforter. He's your teacher. He's like me. To now, he is the convictor of sin. And he's the convictor of righteousness. Holy Spirit, help. That's, that's the name of my message this morning. Holy Spirit, help. Holy Spirit, help. But oftentimes, like my kids, I'm like, hey, buddy, let me help you. I got it, Dad. I got it, Dad. Every young man has got it. You, you just keep your head down on the next golf swing. I, I got it. I got it. He won't make you. That's why he's your helper. That's why he's your helper. I was almost going to say you're Batman, he's Robin, but I don't know if that's technically where I want to go with Scripture. <laughs> but he is, he's, he's not, he, he needs to be asked. That's why the, for, the, the pattern that we have is a 10-day prayer meeting. Of Holy Spirit. Less of me, more of you. How much do you really want the Holy Spirit? How much do you really believe that you need the Holy Spirit in order to be like Jesus, in order to accomplish the word of God over your life? You, you need you need, I don't care how many times you've been baptized. I, I heard someone preach at the pastor's conference, Pastor Sean from the Bay Area. He said his goal is that every young person has at least eight experiences with the Holy Spirit, eight fillings of the Holy Spirit, moments that shape you where you are immersed in the Holy Spirit. And it's all by faith. So if you think you need to get worked up, you don't need to get worked up. You need to work up your faith. You need to work up your heart. You need to work up that ability to focus and believe on, on, on who he is, and, and he will come. He will come to hungry hearts. He will come to hearts of faith. <sighs> the Holy Spirit's already moving. Amen? All right, let's teach, let's teach a little bit. Let's teach a little bit. Lord, we thank you. 
We thank you. Holy Spirit, help. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. So, I love my kids. Anybody have kids? Anybody hate their kids? Okay. <laughs> so, hold on the message. Anybody love their kids? <laughs> Anybody love their kids? I, I love my kids more than your kids because they're my kids. They're, they're blood. Amen. They're like, oh, they're, they're, they're my kids. And I love them. I would always recommend to people to have as many kids as you can. Okay? Just pop them out. Just have babies. Sarah's taking this literal. Amen. She is one committed revival person. Amen. It's powerful. It's powerful. Kyle needs to probably do something about it. Amen. Amen. Anyways, I, um, we have two kids, and I want more. I, I wanted more. Carrie told me no. No, we, we wanted more, um, but we, we moved to Australia where it was like 150 every day with no air conditioning. It's not a very sensual environment. And then we started a church with no money, two people and a dog. So we didn't have sex for 10 years. And then you need that to have kids. So again, another message for a different time. No, I kid, um, kind of. But no, um, I love my kids. And sometimes I forget that they're, they're 15 and 17 because they're, they're, they're grown men. They're taller than me better looking than me. They got all the good DNA in our family line. Love them. And they're stronger than me. They can hit the golf ball farther than me. And so at times they're, they're, they're men and, and I, I can treat them that way. And we are in a coaching phase in your life. There's a, there's a few different phases as you, as you, as you disciple and parent your kids. And and I forget that at, at times they're not looking for a coach. They're looking for love. They're, they're looking for the thing that drives you and I, which is, would, would you just see, would you just give me your attention? Would you just, would you just give me some connection? It, it's at the heart of the Father. He turned his face towards us because he gave us his attention. It's the thing that we long for is is attention and connection and so sometimes i have to put the coach just just down for a second to say i see that wow i i see that i i celebrate that i take all of my attention away from anything else that i am possibly doing and i want to celebrate you i want to see it i want to and, and with boys it's different than girls and so i'm just gonna all right i'm just gonna pause for a moment and, and get excited about that shot and it isn't the level of performance that matters. It isn't that when I was uh, growing up in California going into swimming pools that I got to the level of doing a gainer that I was like, I want dad to see that now. I, it's at a level. No, it, it started young with pencil dives, right? You're like, dad, did you see that? Right? There's dad in the front row. Here we go. There's dad. And, that, and, that, and I, I love the text messages that dad gives me. And uh, there's no comparison here, but I do miss mom. Mom's in heaven now. But I miss mom every Sunday. She'd come up here and just tell me how awesome the, the message is. And it isn't that I'm an insecure preacher and I didn't know that it wasn't good. It's just that when mom says, it, I, I, I see like that was so awesome. I, I miss that a little bit. I miss the attention of, of mom and I miss the connection. And so we're wired to, to, to look, we're wired to bake and to cook and to create. And it's not insecurity. It can become that when you are not given the attention and you are not given the connection and you get old. It just looks ugly. It looks great on a five-year-old 
you know, Dad! It looks weird at 38. Did you see that? See, American Idol, it's like, is someone going to tell them? <laughs> Somebody tell them that they're getting promoted to the cleaning team. <laughs> I'm joking. Promoted to the, the parking lot. Team. I don't know. <laughs> but what it is, is every bit of insecurity is seen me. You know, the Bible doesn't really talk about insecurities. Because the Bible talks about it from a healthy perspective. You want to be seen by your father, and your father wants to see you through Christ Jesus by the Holy Spirit. All bits of rebellion. We pierce things and tat things and clothe things and do things and hang out with people. Most often to be loved, we'll give up our sexuality, we'll give up our future in order to be loved and belong. Because at the center of every desire and every need is to be seen. Somebody give me your attention. I'll do whatever, I'll give whatever, I'll, I'll, I'll pay for whatever in order to be seen and connected. Because to be alone and not seen and disconnected is death. Quite literally, death. And so Jesus has to come. So every bit of rebellion. That's why, that's why I love rebellious young people. I, I didn't get it as a youth pastor, but now that, I'm a, now that I'm a father, I can see it. At peer level, you have to be careful if you're peer level leadership. Because you'll disdain someone when you're their spiritual authority and you're looking at them like they're a knucklehead. Now I can sniff out, I don't want to go to church. Oh, yeah, that's what they mean. It's always about the thing that it isn't about. It's not about the money. It's probably about the money. It's, it, no, it's not about, it's not about, you know, it's, it probably is. It probably is. Every bit of rebellion is an act of, oh, you don't care about me? <laughs> Oh, you walk by me, I'm going to get louder. I'm going to get louder, you're going to see me, and you're going to hear from me. And now we have social media where we don't even have to do it back, we don't have to do it face-to-face. -face. Rebellion is a lot harder face-to-face. -face. But keyboard courage allows this whole weird world of rebellion and opinions. And you can just sit in your mom's basement and just spew your toxicity and your hurt on the world in the name of God. And it's difficult because in families, it's, where are we? Because there is no water cooler. There's no town square. It's all this, this cesspool of feelings. And so focus, Isaac. And so it is all to grab the attention of God. It's all to grab the, to, 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 to be connected. So the Holy Spirit's job is to make you like Jesus. That's whose image you've been made in. And that's who you want to be connected to through Christ back to the Father. So the Holy Spirit is unifying you into the thing you crave. That's why young people who don't know their dad, they're adopted into families, they'll often do anything to find out their birth mom or their birth dad, even if they weren't a good person. 
It doesn't really matter at the end of the day. Something burns inside of them to see where they came from, to be anchored in some kind of contextual history of family. And so they burn for it. And oftentimes they'll even change their name to someone who was in prison or someone who was not a good dude. But there's something in there to say, Dad, tell me who I am. Dad, tell me that you love me. Dad, tell me something. I'm going to take your last name. And sometimes adopted fathers that are, that are so cool, they allow it to happen because they understand that within that child... They, they crave the attention of their birth father, of their, of their birth mother. And so there's, there's, a, there's, this, there's this tragedy that we could live our whole lives, though, trying to get the attention of something and trying to get the connection of something that just isn't going to happen. And so the Holy Spirit comes along and says, okay, I understand. I'm going to connect you. I'm going to heal you. I'm going to help you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to make you like Jesus. And I'm telling you, I know there's been some hardships. And so this is Jesus now changing the dispensation of time, saying, I know you didn't get everything thing you got or you didn't get that that you need i know you didn't get all the attention and all the love in your family or that church that you needed and jesus is saying i get it but now i need to go to the father and so i can send the holy spirit so now what you need to come to you i need now to come through you and when it comes through you you're going to do the greater works when you love me i'm going to love you i'm going to connect you to the father and the holy spirit's going to make you like jesus but i need it to come through you to the next generation and this is a prophetic moment for this church it's now time to turn from your spiritual father and what you didn't get and now turn to your spiritual son and now give what you've got now pour out to the next generation what's in you i know you didn't get it i know you don't think you have it but you've got enough to give the attention to the next generation and say i see you i see you let me pick you up for the game. Let me pour into your life. And so busyness and distraction and entertainment, we get as far of seeing people as saying this. Well, you got it better than I did. You should have met my dad. I do it all the time. <laughs> I, tell, I tell the kids, you should have grown up in the church I did. What does that mean? They have no context. They have no context. But my journey keeps me from having the authority to turn. I couldn't believe that my own kids could hurt me. Did you ever have that? Did you ever have some young knuckleheaded kid ruin your day? <laughs> I'm a 46-year-old man. And I'm like, I feel real small right now. <laughs> By this kid telling me that activate church, you know, is whack. No, it's not. <laughs> In the name of Jesus, be blessed. Get out of here. I love you. I hate you. Whatever. <laughs> There's so much hurt. Because I'm consumed with what? Me. <laughs> Thinking of you is scientifically proven. To be the main feeder of your anxiety. You've got to switch. Quick. And the Holy Spirit is going to cause you to get the eyes off of the spiritual authority and the natural authority that didn't love you. Jesus isn't saying, hey, there's people with far less that did far more. No. He's saying, I understand that you want more of me. But I got to go to the Father. It's to your advantage. I know that sorrow. He says, I know there's sorrow in your heart. 
I know that sorrow is driving it. I know that pain and angst is driving the dysfunction and the question and the blame. But the Holy Spirit is going to help you turn your eyes on me and begin to give attention because when you can turn, you break the cycle in your family. And everybody has to break the cycle of what you know, of what's been passed on. And so now the Holy Spirit helps me turn, turn. I say, man, I see you. Oh, buddy, that's so cool. Yeah, Dad, it wasn't that big of a deal. I know that, but you, and I'm sitting here fighting with my kid. I'm like, hold on. I'm the dad. Guys, no one else is coming. It's us. I'm not ready. I'd rather sit on the sidelines and blame my pastors and my parents for not, not mentoring me and getting me ready for this moment better. COVID, the Northwest. Do what you can, Lord. Bunch of pagans. They decided to keep Portland weird, and it's weird. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? What are we going to do? Hey, let's get back into Scripture and discover what they did in Rome. And all of a sudden, I see these early believers in Rome. I'm like, all right, we can handle Portland. <laughs> we, can, we can handle it. We can handle it. The Holy Spirit's anchoring us, bringing us into foundations with what came before us. I need to be anchored and connected with, with people that gone before me, to be connected with other believers. The Holy Spirit is what connects us. And the Holy Spirit, when you see another believer in Japan or Africa that has the Holy Spirit, they give you your attention. You, can, you instantly have the spiritual connection. That, that hug, you know, oh, blessings in Jesus' name. Like, oh, there's the Spirit. Oh, it's the, it's the, it's the Holy Spirit connecting us. It, it isn't just my love. I used to take so much credit for, man, I'm just a good Christian. What am I supposed to say here? Everybody loves me. I love everybody. Mm, yes, but it's the Holy Spirit <laughs> that is doing the heavy lifting. All right, let's get into this. Let's get into this. Let's get into this. I, I, I'm sending help. Do you ever feel like this is work? I thought this would be a little more spiritual. I thought it would be a little deeper. And at times it's work. That's why he's helping you. That's why I need to say, Holy Spirit, help. I, I, help. Help. I, 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 I don't understand why someone would treat me that way. That's why if you don't have the Holy Spirit, forgiveness is almost impossible in certain situations. How many times have I got carried around the mountain 15 times? I thank you for the sorry. You ever not accepted a sorry? Like, okay, if sorry was enough. <laughs> but I need to know why you didn't call me. And there comes a point, there comes a point where only the Holy Spirit can say, there are so many people in your life that are doing things to you in the name of God. They literally, in their world, think they are serving and doing something good. That will drive you mad without the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is going to help us become like Jesus. It's going to help us forgive people that have hurt me and they thought they were doing something good. Then Jesus gets to this point and he says, you didn't even ask me where I was going. 
Now, we remember we read last week that Thomas did. Jesus said, I'm going to the Father, and you know the way, and you know how to get there. And Thomas was like, no, we don't. No, we don't. I don't understand it. And Peter said the same thing. Peter said, where are you going? I'll go. I'll die for you, whatever. And Jesus said, no, you're not. You, you're going you're to deny me three times. Then Jesus said, if none of you even asked me where I was going. Yes, they did, Jesus. No, that's not what Jesus is saying. He's saying, you're not listening to my word, and all of you are reacting. You're, you're full of sorrow. You're thinking about yourself. You're trying to perform. You're trying to figure out. Rather than put your attention on me and listen to what I'm saying, some of you, all you need to do literally is listen and open up your heart and do the next thing God asks you. And he will make it very clear through repetitive, consistent impressions and peace and word and scripture where you will have clear and clarity on what to do amen so jesus said you didn't even ask me you don't even really love me enough to stop your but jesus are you going to take out rome but jesus are you going to take the throne but jesus are you gonna when's that gonna happen i got a great idea what about this you didn't even stop to say jesus well where are you going what do you mean by that because if you would have asked me, I would have told you. If you love me, you will hear me. And you're not hearing me. I just told you that I'm leaving and you got hurt. You are in a repetitive cycle of you. You're leaving? That's a bad idea. No, it's not. It's awesome. Well, I just don't understand it. Exactly. Because you are not God. At some point, you have to stop. Thomas, shut up. Peter. Jesus. I'm full of sorrow. I'm a little mad. <laughs> Honestly, if you asked me, and I think you're not asking me right now, but I'm a little disappointed in you. But anyways, where are you going? We keep trying to change the word. And how we have it fashioned in our image. Why? Because I'm, I'm addicted to getting attention. Why? Someone tell me who I am. Someone connect with me. And Jesus is saying, if you just would I would have told you <laughs> even deeper about the cross. But I'd be coming back and you'd see me for 50 days or 40 days and then I'd go. He even he even he even tells them after the resurrection in Acts, in a few days, the promise is coming. He gives them a timeline. He rarely does that. He is the master of, in the future, <laughs> wait. I mean, this guy, this guy breaks it down to like, you know, a couple days. And they... Whoo, and they go, um, so, question, are you going to be restoring the kingdom now? 
And Jesus has so much love. He's like, yeah, anyways. Um, so <laughs> when the Holy Spirit comes on you, you're going to receive power. You're going to be witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and the rest of the world. I mean, he is a master pivoter. He never takes the bait. Because he's secure. Can someone bait us? No, not me. Maybe you. <laughs> Man, I get baited all the time. About the Bible, about the, about the church. It's not that. It's me. It's my insecurity speaking. It's my, hey, would you just mind coming to my church and tell me I'm awesome? <laughs> Every day. <laughs> Twice on Sunday. Why? Because I need attention. I need a connection. And whether you get all of it, some of you have some of the best families, the best spiritual fathers, but you still need the Holy Spirit to connect you through Jesus to your spiritual father, to, to your heavenly father, and not just to, to get the attention from his face, but to be connected. That is what happiness is. That is what peace is. Is I'm part of the vine. And you know it. And you know it. Deep. So the Holy Spirit speaks the word. He doesn't have his own language. There's three languages, I believe, of the Holy Spirit. Word, love, and speaking in tongues. Word is the sword. He only speaks Jesus. The Holy Spirit reveals Jesus. Even in prophecy of things to come, it's the plan of Jesus through the Father. It's word. The Holy Spirit is about to draw you to the word. None of us just want to read the Bible out of our own goodness. That's why it doesn't work. But the Holy Spirit's about to put a fire in you for the word of God. Get ready. Get ready. Listen, I love sports. I love it all. But there is a fire for the word. There's a fire for the word. We're turning off the TV a little bit, and we're, we're getting our Bibles out a little bit more. And there's, a, there's some stretching. There's some, there's some growing pains, you know. And uh, we're getting the fire. And worship, I find myself worshiping. Why? The Holy Spirit is, he is the word. I find myself burning for worship a little bit more. I find myself burning for the Holy Spirit a little bit more. I find, myself, I find myself preaching the gospel a little bit more. Why? It's the word. It's the word. I find myself not speaking fear, not speaking doubt, because that's how we grieve the Holy Spirit in Ephesians. And I find myself, what you speak is what you really believe. When you're alone, what, you listen to yourself. Where did that come from? From your faith system. That's what you believe. That's what you believe about money. That's what you believe about church. That's what you believe about your marriage. And so it's an indication of where the rudder is. That's why James is like, hey, two ways to go here. Change your faith and change your words. It's, it changed the way you speak. Even if you're faking it for a little bit, so I'm a child of God. Today's going to be a good day. This week's going to be a good week. God has plans for you. It's amazing when you start to speak the word of God. What happens is your faith starts to kick in. Hey, the Holy Spirit's got some divine appointments for you. Hey, did you know the Holy Spirit's gone before you, and there's going to be some doors going to be opening up, and there's going to be some doors closing, 
You know that God's put his hand upon you. He is a good God. See, even when you begin to speak, he is your supply. Yeah, 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 yeah. God's about to stir up the gift. Even as we're talking about the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit's getting excited because he's the one that gives you the gifts. He's the one that gives you the fruits. Some of you love is about to break out in your life. Why? Because it's a fruit of the Spirit. Joy is about to break out. It's a fruit of the Spirit. The fruits of the Spirit are about to break out in your life. Maybe ever so slightly, but here we go. The gifts of the Spirit are about to break out in your life. Even being in the presence of the Holy Spirit, prophecy always breaks out the word of god in power start you're gonna start to want to say something to your kids like man i'm telling you there's something good this year for you you're like where did that come from i'm just being positive no it's prophetic it's prophetic the holy spirit's gonna burn all right let's close this out real quick real quick real quick revelations 2 5 revelations 2 5 revelations 2 5 remember therefore from where you have fallen Repent and do the first works. That's the season that we are, I believe, even as a global church. We're, if, if, how many of you has the Holy Spirit brought you back a little bit and you're like, whoa, what's, what's going on? What, why am I, I, why, yeah, yeah, conference camp, a youth conference, a salvation moment, family prayer moments. The Holy Spirit's bringing you back to the first works and bringing us back to repentance. In Acts chapter 19, verse 1, and it happened while Paulus was at Corinth that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus and finding some disciples, he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? So they said to him, we have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. And when he said to them, into what then were you baptized? So they said, into John's baptism. Then Paul said, John indeed baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him who would come after him, that is on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. So Paul rolls up, and he's hanging out with some believers and he notices that he does not sense the Holy Spirit on them. And again, we have to be careful because people can get weird. But you will notice imperfectly or dimly, partially, the, the Spirit on people. And especially when people pray. And again, we don't need to get weird. We don't need to judge. But when you have cancer or you lost your job, you want a Holy Spirit person praying with you. You, you want some power. I used to get called all the time to my dear, lovely brothers and sisters that are not necessarily baptized in the Spirit. And we would get secret calls. I need you to come to the hospital because I, I need some, that, someone that has some power. So the Holy Spirit came into the context of a prayer meeting. Amen. And so, so, so Paul's hanging out. They're probably praying. He's like, these guys are praying a lot of hedge of protections behind and a lot of analytical prayers. Oh, dear Father, we thank you. For, they might even pray the Lord's Prayer. It was kind of dry. Our Father, who art in heaven. And, and Paul's kind of going, that's a little dry. Um, do you guys have the Holy Spirit? And they're like, we don't even know that there is a Holy Spirit. Kodoshai. Some of you, you know what we would do. We'd grab the Crisco oil, big tub. Andrew, get your keyboard. Let's get these guys the Holy Ghost. Not Paul. So we're getting back to first works, theology. Hold on, hold on, hold on. You guys don't have the Holy Spirit? What baptism, what a question. What baptism were you in? 
John's. I knew it. Yeah. Why? Because the New Testament pattern was like the pattern of Jesus' baptism. You would get baptized, and after you'd come up out of the water quickly, they, they wouldn't let you down there too long. Because you know what some of us would do with our, with our brothers and sisters who, who hurt us growing up? We got them to church, they get saved. We'd be like, no, nah, leave them down there just a scotch longer. He's down there. No, I still see air bubbles. We're good. Oh, he's going to pay. Jared, give me some help here. Keep him down a little bit longer. Bible says clearly, quickly. Because this is the baptism. But it's into water, which can kill you. So, 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 they, Paul understands, okay, hold on. You, you were baptized, you were baptized into John's baptism because you, if you were baptized into Jesus, what, you come up out of the water, we lay hands on you immediately and baptize you in the Holy Spirit. Now, I think one of the things that happens in modern church is we don't leave time or we don't have faith or we're not even baptized ourselves in the Holy Spirit. So we baptize people that have been repenting. Then we baptize them into the Jesus, into the Jesus, into the name of Jesus. And then they come up and we're like, hallelujah, amen. All right, next. And, and they're like, whoa, okay. And we're like, oh, you're good. You're good. So quite possibly a revival of Jesus, which is what we want. But if we don't baptize them in the Holy Spirit, next time you meet a believer and you're like, hey, you got the Holy Ghost? Now, a lot of times, like, yeah, of course. No, but do you have the baptism? Have you, you know, like the baptism in water? Did you receive that from the Holy Spirit? Because the whole thing is baptisms. The first baptism is of John. The baptism of repentance is what has to take place first. Then it's the baptism into Jesus. Then it's the baptism into the Holy Spirit. So when Jesus comes on the scene, how does John the Baptist know that it's Jesus? The Holy Spirit reveals. Because the Holy Spirit is revealing Jesus to our loved ones and to this region, right? So the Holy Spirit's revealing Jesus. Jesus comes forward. John's like, this is the one who I'm not worthy to tie the sandal who will baptize us with fire. John says, baptize me, Jesus. Jesus goes, no, cuz. No, cousin. No. No, because if I baptize you, then you are special. Jesus never baptized. Only his disciples did. So John baptizes Jesus because we are going to be baptized into Jesus. And he is signifying what he would do on the cross, which is death, which, which is death burial, resurrection. And then Jesus comes up out of the water, and what happens? The Holy Spirit falls on him immediately, and what does he receive? Attention and connection with the Father, which is what we all crave. This is my Son in whom I am well pleased. So the baptism of Jesus is the model for the New Testament. So when Paul says, these, these cats don't even know that there is a Holy Spirit, it tips them off. That they've only received the baptism of repentance. Worship team, come up. That's why I was doing a study on theology and canonization of scripture. And the Holy Spirit's like, hey, before we get there, let's talk about the fact that you even know that 
is because of the Holy Spirit that all writers of the New Testament were filled with the Holy Spirit, inspired by the Holy Spirit. And that's why, do you know one of the canonizations of Scripture is, you know, I, I love the history books, the Apocrypha, the 12 books that are in the Catholic Bible, not ours. <laughs> They'd send like the book of Maccabees or whatever to a town and they'd send First Peter or they'd send something canonized <laughs> all over the world it'd be like a hundred to one hey we got a reprinting of the Maccabees and then we have a reprinting of First Peter across the board there was something about when we read Peter that burned in our hearts Every book in canonized scripture set the world on fire. Every other book was great. Maybe 80% inspired. What we have is the 100% throughout time for 2,000 years. Every tribe and every tongue. Oh, there was something about when I read Matthew. I burned. Why? Because the Holy Spirit revealing us through the word. His attention is on me. But when I give him my attention, we have relationship. I was in Japan, and we had a Holy Spirit meeting, probably just like this in Ephesus. And we had about 100 people. The Holy Spirit was moving powerfully. Powerful. Very authentic, very mature, very genuine. Prophetic ministry, people falling over, people being healed, people receiving prophetic words. We had a coffee house at the time, and I was, I was really preaching hard to this, this young student named Mitza. And I said, like, hey, can we pray for you? And he's like, absolutely. We start praying for him, and the power of God hits him. The power of God was in the room. Manifest presence. It was electric it's hungry people where two or three are gathered. He's there. Well, Mitzah starts falling over. And now listen, I'm not a pusher. I know how much skepticism is in me. First time I got hit with the Holy Spirit is from a pastor named Israel, 25 years old from Fiji. And I, I was like... Give me what you got. I woke up on the floor. You don't need to worry about it. You don't need to massage people. We don't need to manipulate people. The whole experience bad. <sighs> he wants you to be more like Jesus than you. He wants our loved ones to know Jesus. Well, I'm in the dispensation of the Holy Spirit, so I think Mitzah just needs more of the Holy Spirit before he needs a revelation of Jesus. And so we just get him more Holy Ghost, and he starts falling over. He fell over, and I remember praying for his feet. And speaking of revelation, God's bringing me back to the first works of how much prayer, how much we used to pray and love it. <laughs> I'm reading my Bible a lot right now, but I'm not, I'm not going to lie this. 
craving my TV shows. You know, I was like, how, am I, how long am I going to read here? It's about 8.30. Got time to binge tonight. I remember praying for his feet. One of the biggest manifestation miracles I've ever seen. And some of you need to see some miracles. He wants you to see miracles. But it's not the word. It's a sign that confirms the word. There needs to be word first. And so I opened up my hands and water was, it was gushing out. I literally didn't know what to do because I was like, is this holy? Like, should I bottle this up and sell it? Shoot. It's before the internet. Kind of. And I thought, man, this is it. We brought up meats and we're like, man, game, set, match. Welcome to the club. Welcome home. He's like, what? Huh? Who? What? Where? I was like, well, obviously you believe in Jesus. You just got knocked out. And he's like, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. It was a hard lesson. And as a Holy Spirit person, understanding that the Holy Spirit reveals Jesus and baptizes me into the name of Jesus and helps me become like Jesus. And we have a world, if we're just trying to Holy Spirit them, then, no, I needed to, to reveal Jesus more. Well, how do you reveal Jesus more? Well, you, they had to be convicted of sin. See, I, I think I got to get to this. We're, we're, out of, we're way over. I'm interested in less convincing people to become Christians than convicting people of their sin. No one that is convicted of sin they don't need a savior. We keep trying to push a savior on a people that have not been convicted of their sin. Of course they've been condemned to die. The condemnation of sin is death and hell. But the condemnation that Jesus took upon his body on the cross cannot be canceled out unless there is a conviction of sin without repentance. That's why John's baptism is first. There's got to be a baptism of repentance then the baptism of Jesus, then a baptism of the Holy Spirit. And so I doubled down on experience and power in that moment when I needed to keep preaching Jesus and keep telling him about his, about his life and what's broken and keep preaching the Word of God, hopefully allowing the Holy Spirit to convict him of his sin. And so if he can see his sin, he can see what's broken. He can see what's wrong. He can understand why he's not happy. He can understand why no amount of money or no amount of school is, is filling him. He can understand that even in a good family, he's not loved. Because every soul is under the condemnation. But without the preaching of the word, there's no conviction. Jesus is saying the Holy Spirit is trying to convict people of their sin. It sounds heavy, but that's what you and I need. We need to get back to a, a baptism of repentance immersing in Holy Spirit hover over me and reveal anything that's not of you Holy Spirit make me holy Holy Spirit convict me change me I'm tired I want to live my own I don't want when you come to the end of yourself the Holy Spirit reveals the death and the sin and the guilt and the evil and the intent and the lying and the lust and the gossip and the blame and the hurt and the guilt and the shame 
of even generations that have been heaped on you, the Holy Spirit shows you there's the death and there's a conviction. Oh, there's a conviction of sin. And when there is a, there cannot be repentance without a conviction of sin. That's why I'm repenting. I used to preach the full gospel. Then somehow Easter comes around. And I'm like, well, everybody, you know, it's America. So the Holy Spirit's take, taking me back. Because I know you might sound mean, but son, take your eyes off your spiritual fathers. And turn towards the next generation. And when you turn your face towards them, I'm going to break your heart. I'm going to help you not be hurt by them this generation on their phones but your heart's going to be towards them and they need me yes but they don't know they need me they need the conviction of sin they need the conviction of sin they need to be baptized into repentance and so when there's conviction of sin by the preaching of the word of God and the power of the Holy Spirit there's repentance there's I'm changing I'm changing I don't want to live for myself I'm done I'm done I'm done it isn't hard it's I'm done I'm done I'm done I don't want to do my own thing everything's second I seek first the kingdom and the rest will be added I, I, I give you I give you my life I give you my sin I give you my past I give you my anger I want to live for you I don't want to live for myself but there's, a, there's a movement of repentance I believe even around the world by the Holy Spirit saying God it's me. Do a work in me. Again, I see. Here I am, Lord. Here I am, Lord. And then there's a baptism of repentance by the power of the Holy Spirit. Then there's a baptism, baptism into Jesus. Jesus said it's a conviction of righteousness. First, a conviction of sin. Second, a conviction of righteousness, which is I am only righteous because of him. It is the conviction of the gospel. Some of you need to be convicted of your sin so you can be convict, convicted of his righteousness, that you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, that what he did on the cross was like you died on the cross. So when he washes you with his blood, you are forgiven. There's got to be a deep conviction that he died for me. He died as me. He washed me. I've got the blood on me. I'm going to heaven. There's no demon in hell and no sin that can rob the gift of Christ. I'm washed. I'm loved. I'm bought. I've got, I'm convicted that I am. I am like Jesus. I am I'm called. I'm appointed. I'm anointed. I'm, a, I'm loved. I'm a son. I'm a daughter. I've been baptized. I'm convicted. I'm convicted. Then I need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. I need the Holy Spirit to set me. 
baptize me. I love Jesus. He takes these 120 believers and he puts them in a 10-day prayer meeting and says, get hungry. You know, in 10 days, every manipulation falls. Every motive falls. <laughs> every bit of the flesh falls. And you say, Holy Spirit, take it. Some of you, that, that fire is starting to burn. Take it. Take it. Take it. Some of you, you go lay hands on someone. If you, if you want the Holy Spirit, just put your hands up. Just say, Holy Spirit, fill me. Fire. 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 Holy Spirit. of the Holy Spirit. We're going to get out of here. Just take one minute. I'm asking, I'm asking the tough cookies in this room. I'm not going to embarrass you. This is between you and the Holy Spirit. But I just saw the Holy Spirit honoring your journey, honoring your faith, but saying, everyone receives me the same. You, you need to receive me to get the baptism. I pray a fresh wind. Ask the Holy Spirit. Fill me. Baptize me. Right now, right now. Take it. Receive it right now, right now. Right now, right now. By faith, by faith. By faith. The Holy Spirit. Just ask him, ask him. Ask him, ask him. Right now, your heart's going to burn. Your heart's going to burn. You're quite literally, your life's about to never be. The, the, the church of Jesus Christ was not supposed to be without the baptism of the Holy Spirit. He's about to fill you and immerse you. You're about to never be the same again. You're about to never be the same again.
ship's about to be set on fire. Your worship's about to be set on fire. 